Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, this is episode 19, season 5 of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It's the signature CC Classic 12-year-old finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. So check it out, all the hallmarks of Classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. You're back home, right? Um, busy week of travel, but then you drifted yeah. over into San Diego, correct? Yeah. Because you yeah. had some, some soccer over the weekend. How did that go? It was great. Uh, the soccer was fun. Reese did really great. I was really happy nice. for him. He was happy. You know? <laughs> but I'll tell you, getting a blast of 20 degree or 70 Fahrenheit temperature. Oh, it was so nice. It was so I was in flip-flops the whole weekend. It was so great. And you just and, need uh, a couple of days like that to, oh, to recharge just a little bit, right? It it it's amazing what it really does like for your whole mindset and the whole bit. So it the weekend was awesome. And then I jumped back on a flight Sunday night and I leave uh Leave for Raleigh tonight, so we get uh, yeah. Islanders Canes uh, this week for me. What about you? Well, yeah, you know what? It, it was a relatively easy weekend. Um, again, you know my traditional routine: you get into football um, mostly on Sunday, but a little bit on Saturday, and you watch the hockey over the course of the days, and that's all good. I've gotten into this. I'm going to call it a rut. You know, not a habit, a rut. But I look forward to Mondays because traditionally Mondays are pretty quiet. Quiet in the NHL. Oh. Yeah, there are games, but you know, unless it's like you and you're traveling or whatever, mm-hmm. I just Monday. It's not a free day for me, but it's a day where I can just kind of plan my week. You know, leisurely watch the games and, and all of that, which leads us into the headlines, right? Because mm-hmm. Monday was just pure and utter chaos, which drifts into right. Tuesday, <laughs> where we're recording episode nineteen and. We've just mm-hmm. got a slew of things to chew through here. So, well, let's Tim get Hortons, to it. Yep, has some tasty beverages, baked goods on their menu. Ray and I, big fans of all of that. Ooh, Try their yeah. new non-alcoholic Baileys-flavored Tim Hortons classics like Baileys Cream Coffee. It's wonderful. The classic taste of Tim's original blend. It's infused with a flavor of Baileys and cream, hence Baileys Cream Coffee. Wide variety of holiday drinks and baked goods available only at Tim's. All right, uh, headlines kicks off this morning with the news as first reported by Chris Johnston that Patrick Kane has agreed to a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised by that, right? Because there was so much speculation around Florida, around Detroit, you know, some of the other suitors. What would the contract look like? How? What would the terms be? Would it be a one-year? Would it be a two? Could it be a three? This makes sense because the Red Wings have cap space but I think most of us are more intrigued, but not always going to fit there. You know, he'll likely saddle up beside DeBrinket and Dylan Larkin, I would think, if not initially. You know, you kind of get them back up to speed. And I choose that word correctly, speed, because aren't we all curious as to what Patty Kane is going to look like? Not just game one, but maybe game 10, 15, maybe 20 of the regular season and whether he can get up to speed after that hip surgery. Yeah, I mean, I would be, um, I'd be cautious about having too much expectation, um, mainly because the history of of this surgery and the results past it are are not exceptional. Um, Until you know, we get to see and evaluate 
then it, it's just a, it's a guess. Um, now the wings would have, you know, probably seen him and it's one thing to watch him on video. It's another to watch him in a little bit of, um, a little bit of a stress situation because you, you got to remember when you send a video in all, all the movement, all the, um, all the pace, everything is controlled. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, the drill that you're doing, it's all controlled. The, the game, the game itself is so unpredictable. Um, I can give you just the example of coming back from my knee surgeries and like <laughs> I would be at a point where I could do everything on the ice as long as I knew when I had to stop and I knew when I had to turn. Mm-hmm. As soon as it got into the unpredictability and change direction and change balance, that that became far more problematic. And Patrick will have to get through all that. And um, But the fact they had cap space made them kind of a front runner and then you yeah. tied to brink it to it and they had just exceptional chemistry in Chicago. I, it, I was thinking about how, you know, the brink it's different cause he's younger, but remember how odd Chris Chelios looked when he <laughs> had been a black Hawk and a Canadian. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's in a Detroit Jersey. I don't know why the original six stuff really looked odd and jarring. And then I think he played 10 years in Detroit or whatever it was. But Long time, it'll be, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Kane looks like um, in his jersey, but also you know, what he looks like um, come game time because he was not anywhere near you know, full go when he went to New York last year. Yeah, and, and I think a wise position for Patty Kane, for Pat Brisson, for Steve Eiserman, for everyone involved here to take. See how the year goes. If he feels as good as CEA hockey says he feels, and that translates on the ice, well, not that Patty Kay needs the money. He's probably earned close to $120 million over his oh. career. But it does put him in a different environment going into free agency, either with the Red Wings or another contending team, on maybe another two- or three-year deal in the summer. Yeah, how, how about, you know, speaking of Detroit and what he might be able to do with them, when we – like a lot of teams this um, this off season, you know, you you project how you think they're going to do. And I know I had Detroit third behind Ottawa and Buffalo um, of those three young up and coming teams, and that's not been the way it is. Yeah, it's it's amazing how the first yeah. couple of months change a perception, or well, the perception becomes reality. And for like, had Detroit come out of the box with five wins, he's not going to Detroit. Right, like he he wants to play on a competitive no. team, and um, I I got I have this image when you said about Larkin and Debrinket that Larkin better get his work boots on because his job <laughs> is to find it and get it to those two fellas because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be you know he's going to be the pace on the line for sure if, if those three guys indeed are the guys together. You mentioned Ottawa. What a wild one between the Florida Panthers and the Ottawa Senators last night, Monday night. 167 minutes in penalties. Third period, chaos ensues because, you know, look, the Senators are are being embarrassed on home ice. They're just trying to – you've got the Kachuk family all there, (laughs) Brady and Matthew, John at each other, and and chaos absolutely ensues. Referee Garrett Rank, who I've got all the time in the world for, and I think you're similar because this guy is a legit golfer. 
like a legit golfer, had to probably make a decision, right? Crosshairs. Am I going to be a full-time NHL referee or am I going to follow the path of golf? Anyway, referee Garrett Rank with perhaps the call of the year so far last night. Listen up. Every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct, among other penalties. I have never. (laughs) Garrett Rank, you might be my hero. I have never heard that from an official. Everybody on the ice. Now, Paul Maurice wants to know why. (laughs) Everybody gets, you get a misconduct. You might as well make it simple. Everybody gets one. When when I heard that, I was like, okay, there's, he's like, there's no point me going through all of this. There's less than 10 minutes left, which means all of these knuckleheads are out of here. So (laughs) they all leave. They got misconducts. Go away. That's housekeeping, right? Like somebody will write down the penalties. Sure. But everybody in the building now knows that those 10 guys are done. You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the old uh, NFL official? He's like, you know, he gets number whatever, 72, gets 15 yards for giving them the business. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's the greatest penalty call of all time. And, and I, I mean, you could sit there and go, number seven's got 10 minutes and number nine's got 10 minutes or just, yeah. they all got it. And yeah. so I, I thought it was pretty funny, but the, the non-funny part is, I mean, how long can Ottawa just stand there? And this is a couple of times that home ice losses burn more. Yeah. They, they, they really do. And so, Man, they got to be getting into a point here of, you know, of uncomfortability if they're not already there. Yeah, and look, uh, we're going to talk about Dean Emerson, the Minnesota Wild on Monday, making that coaching change. This would not be a surprise in Ottawa if Steve Stahouse and Michael Landlauer decided, okay, DJ, you've had enough, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's heard the chance on more than one occasion on home ice, fire DJ. I happen to think he's a good coach. Um, but and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm just going to insert myself into this environment. DJ Smith comes out post game and takes blame for how unprepared that team was. I mean, mm. is that his job? To I mean, it's his job to prepare the players. Don't don't misinterpret. Is that his job to take responsibility and blame for a group of highly paid professional hockey players not being prepared? to play a game that they darn well knew was going to be a tough one. I mean, Florida is a really, really good club. Sometimes I think uh, statements get made when you you just can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. And and sometimes you, you know, there, there is the phrase, the end of the rope. And, like, sometimes you get there and there's just, like, what else are you going to say? Yeah. Like, the, you know, like you've you've used mostly everything else. And then, you know, to, but to say the team's unprepared and that falls on me, I mean, you're trying to take the heat off the players. I get it, but, you know, it, I just, I just think he's at the end of the rope. I really do. And I, and sometimes the, the answer that is the best answer is there just isn't one. Like no matter what you say in that spot, there just isn't one. Yeah. Real tough spot for DJ. Um, Paul mm-hmm. Maurice, we'll move on from this. By the way, Zach McEwen gets the match for the illegal hit to the head on, on Matthew Kachuk. I mean, he just steamrolled him out of frustration mm-hmm. and all of that. It doesn't seem likely that supplemental discipline is going to be applied here. He'll likely get fined. Um, but 
in the wake of everything that went on in that game, it is a bit surprising that there wasn't more that is going to come out of it, but that's fine too, right? 167 penalty minutes is enough. But mm-hmm. how about Paul Maurice, Ray? Post-game again says this about hockey. Quote, it's graceful and beautiful and physical and angry all at the same time. <laughs> Does that not well, <clears throat> just succinctly describe what the sport can be? Well, it does, but, you know, like, Paul's always, man, that guy can turn a phrase. Like, he just, <laughs> he, he's just got a, an amazing way of, of summing things up in a lot of cases. And for every time something happens on the ice, you know, there's a, depending on the severity of it, there's a, a, a bit of an outcry about getting it right and changing the rule. And, and the problem is, there's such an unpredictability to the game. Whatever rule you make, somebody's going to step outside that rule sometime, inadvertently or on purpose. It, it's just yeah. going to happen. And then you just got to deal with it at the time. Like, I, I wish there were times where the league was more proactive with some of the rules and things. But most of the time, you're, you're stuck being reactive because nothing's really the same. It's yeah. It's... The chaos in the game is really what makes it the best. It, it, yeah. it really does. There's, there's very little predictability, no matter how much the coaches try to coach spontaneity out of the game. There's so much unpredictability, they just, you can't do it. And sometimes it gets, it gets messy. It does. Um, and it got messy in Minnesota. It's been that way for a while, for the Minnesota Wild. Dean Evason fired by Billy Guerin and the Minnesota Wild after a seventh straight loss on Sunday. And Evason post-game Sunday said something has to change. Something has to change. Well, last week, Billy Guerin publicly supported Evason. Hmm. So, and I, I remember on Friday you making the point of saying, well, you know, this isn't a coaching issue or it doesn't appear to be until it becomes a coaching issue. And then management and ownership feel like they don't have a choice. Well, obviously in a very short period of time, Billy Guerin and maybe with some heat from Craig Leopold, the owner of the Minnesota Wild decided that you can't dispatch all these players who aren't delivering. So we've got to do something. And that something is bringing in an experienced coach like John Hines, who Billy Guerin has history with to take over a team that's wildly underachieving, no pun intended. Well, I, we just, or I just used the phrase end of the rope and yeah. really that kind of felt like when, when Dean came out and, and, and said, you know, something's got to change because you can only change, you're the coach. You can only change the lines. You can only, you know, um, impact ice time and maybe a role of a player. But at a certain point, like you're just a guy in a suit back there mm-hmm. and you're, I, I often say the reason they walk back and forth behind the bench is they're looking for new players. Unfortunately, it's the same 18 guys there. Like yeah. they, you, yeah. you've got what you've got. <laughs> and so in, you know, and, and of course, for <clears throat> those that don't know that are listening, like I, you know, I've known Dean, you know, close to 40 years and he was my first roommate in pro hockey. And he's a, he's a good guy and he's a good coach. He really is. This year he's, like a lot of coaches that get that get the the walk is they get they get undercut by some pretty predictable things. Most coaches that get fired, their goaltending stinks. They find me a bad coach, you got a bad goalie. Find me a good coach, he's more than likely got a really good goalie. The wild goaltenders have 
have underperformed this year. Uh, later last year, uh, Gustafson came out of nowhere, it seemed, and had an amazing mm-hmm. year. And he's he's taken a step back. You know, Fleury's can't play as much as he used to play and can't play as effectively as he used to play. It's kind of more in and out at his age. That's predictable. So there's the goaltending. Yeah. Then you got their their two their two best players are Kaprizov and Boldy. And Kaprizov's got two goals at five on five, and Boldy's got one goal on the year. Like, how are you going to coach your way around that? Their penalty killing is terrible, like terrible. And maybe, you know, it's worse than the league. Maybe that goes some to goaltending, um, but that's another thing to deal with. The last thing is, what do they got, Drake's $14 million on the cap that's pulled out of there? 14.7, like, yeah. So while other teams complain about an $83 million salary cap, try it at $69 million because yeah. that's what the Wild have. And you just don't have a choice. I Look, the game's not fair sometimes. Um, they put together a 100-point year last year, which I thought was pretty remarkable. Um, but, it, it, you know, they're... They're near the bottom of the league, and here they are. You know, you're past a quarter in the season, and they feel they have to make a change. And, you know, you mentioned Billy uh, Billy Guerin with history and John Hines. That goes back to when Guerin was in Pittsburgh and John Hines yeah. was coaching Wilkes-Barre. And so they've known each other a long time, and um, you'll get a, an organized professional coach and we'll see if they can salvage what 60 games, you know, 58 games left in the season. Yeah, it's a tough climb, no doubt about that. Calgary Flames are, are climbing, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're playing better hockey now, so that's good for Ryan Huska, the coaching staff, all the changes that have gone on in Calgary. Um, but the reason I bring the Flames up, <coughs> aside from acknowledging that they're playing much better. and, and I got a question for you, though, yeah. about this before you get to the this other point. So what does this hot stretch do? For Craig Conroy and oh yeah, we're going to trade all these yeah. defensemen. What what does that do there? I think it just buys them time, right? Um, so, but you're saying you know, like the the general philosophy doesn't change. Yeah. I don't Correct? think it does. Yeah, unless yeah, if Noah Hannafin has a change of heart and he says, okay, well, you remember that sixty million dollar contract that you had on the table? Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in reengaging now. And then it's up to Conroy to decide or ownership to decide whether they want to invest or not. Um, you know, Hannafin wanted more time, even though the contract was on the table. So maybe there's a change there. I think it just buys them time um, to be a little bit more patient with making mm, those okay. types of trades. <laughs> so I don't know why this bugs me, but it does. The e-bug situation that thankfully doesn't surface often in the National Hockey League, but I think you get it two, three times a year. And, and thankfully, in most scenarios, the e-bug goalie doesn't actually have to play. And that's what transpired last night. Markstrom is a late scratch. He's got the flu. Dan Vladar was not expected to get the start. So he stays out late, takes extra shots. He's probably not feeling great, but he was stellar in that game. But they had to activate 32-year-old Dusty Nickel. And I think his name is actually Dustin, but Dusty Nichols. That sounds way better. Sounds way better than Dustin Nickel. I just, maybe I make too much of of this, and I think I'm probably going to talk about it on, on uh, Insider Trading tonight because it pisses the NHL head office off when we talk about it. Is this not absurd that the league hasn't found a way 
to eliminate this scenario? Like have a non-cap goaltender that is employed by every organization in the league. And that guy can float from the NHL to the American League if, if he has to. Pay him five hundred grand. I don't care. But you can't have a 32-year-old Alberta Junior Hockey League player <laughs> about to dive into the crease of an NHL game. We've seen it before. <clears throat> I know it. It just it seems like such a ridiculous thing that the NHL could clean up. It, it is ridiculous. It's um, for all the Scott Foster and David Ayers stories that come yeah. out, and they're they're really great. I mean, Foster was the first one. I was doing that game, and next day he was back at his accounting firm. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, the first time Joel Quenville met him was when he walked on the bench, like to to walk onto the ice. He'd never met the guy before. No, and so I I think it's absurd. I think it looks silly. Um, I don't agree with the goalie that can float back and forth because that wouldn't have helped Calgary in the, in the spot of last night. Right. Right. Markstrom gets sick. What are you going to do? I think that you should, you should have um, that third goalie should be a contracted player that he's probably one of the equipment guys too. Like he's like a bullpen catcher. Mm -hmm. Like they, that's a job man like it's he's on the ice every day at practice yeah he's he's the like a pro goalie. quality goalie yes obviously but it yeah. can't but the the danger becomes you know look how many teams drags are scraping around looking for goalies and you can't have somebody chew up a really good goalie and overpay him just right. so you kind of keep them in the bullpen that nobody else can use them right so i i think there's a there's a a le- like um, a legislated salary for what this guy can make. He's probably on your equipment staff at some point too. And he's like your bullpen catcher. He's there on all the trips. It's his job. Um, and, and, and I think that more than anything uh, clears up this nonsense because it really does look silly. What if a baseball team ran out of pitchers and, you know, because of injury or the flu, and they go, uh, hey, you up in uh, section 14, row 12, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy's got to drop his popcorn and come, in, <laughs> come into the, to the game. Like, it, just think how ridiculous that would be. I, I think it looks silly. Really well, do. it does. And, and I haven't pulled all general managers. But every time I raise the question when these incidents occur, I get the same response. It's embarrassing. Okay, well, you guys yeah. are the architect of change in the NHL. Go to the general manager's meeting. Tell the National Hockey League decision makers, you know, the commissioner's office, hockey operations, we've got to do something about this. But yet I ask and and I basically get scolded by the NHL. Oh, please <laughs> ask again. I like the thought of you getting scolded. <laughs> I like it. I did. I, literally, it again. I, I got scolded <clears throat> like 20 minutes ago via email as we're recording the podcast. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to dig in harder on this thing now. I so like that's it. That's where I'm going. Um, so Friday, as we wrap up headlines here, I challenged you with a homework assignment. And I don't know if you had time to actually think it through, but you process when you're flying sure, and sure. doing everything you do. And it was about the three-on-three overtime ideas. And we did an overtime game, uh, I guess it was the Friday Chicago game, right? And and the Toronto Maple Leafs had no business losing that game to the Blackhawks, but they lost that game to the Blackhawks. And it was a terrifically entertaining <laughs> overtime, which... You know, just 
brings me to the place where I'm not sure that they need to do anything. We've heard some of the speculation on what they could do. Do you have another theory or something that you'd uh, propose? No, but I would say that over time reminds me of when there's an unbelievable zero zero game. Yeah. Yeah. And then you hear, you know, from the traditionalists, if you will, see, that was a great zero zero game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of them suck. And the reason they suck is because nobody scored. Yeah. They're terrible. But every once in a while, you find a diamond. And that's kind of what that overtime felt like to me. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is what was intended. It doesn't often happen because, hell, there, there are teams, as you know, that start the overtime with a guy with two goals taking the opening face off because he's know. good on the draw. And all the, once they get possession, they try and burn the other guy's top guys out of, out of their legs. Mm -hmm. And then they, they try to attack once those guys leave. And I, I, I hate when it gets to that. It's, it's so uh, strategic that it takes all spontaneity and, and skill out of it. The, the problem with the tag up rule, you know, if you leave the blue line, you're, you're going to blow the whistle and have an offensive zone face off. Yeah. Like, what if that happens eight times? Exactly right. You know, I, I just, don't, I don't think, I don't, I, I know you gave me, you know, Hey, what would the solutions be? But I don't, I don't think there's a solution that can change yeah. what's there. Yeah. I, I really don't, because so, I think the unintended consequence is that, yeah. you know, tag up means nine face-offs in overtime. Nobody mm -hmm. wants that. So I'm so glad that after giving this considerable thought, which I know you did, and, mm -hmm. and maybe you had a conversation with Cammie about it, because she's got a sharp hockey mind, as we know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad that that's your conclusion, because you're 100% right. You know, everybody wants to change. Let's tweak. Let's do this. But there are yeah. always, as you said, the unintended consequence. So how about pump the brakes and just leave it the way it is? And if it becomes problematic down the road where you know you've got to address it, then you address it. I just think that this is one of those little tidbits that comes off the agenda of the GM meetings, which I always scour for, like so many others. You go, oh, that's interesting. So let's let's talk about this. Let's make it a headline, right. which is fine. It's all good. I had one, I'm, I'm I had one thing it. that I'd like to change, Dregs, this week that came up in a game that I did. Yeah. And it infuriates me because I, well, I just, I like it infuriates me. I like me. it. Um, so I'm doing a game in, where the hell was I? Seattle. Mm -hmm. And Vancouver scores shorthanded on the same penalty Seattle scores, you know, a power play goal. And of course they bring it back for, no, not of course, but they bring it back for an offside challenge. And they were, you know, they were offside by, oh man, like, I don't know, nothing, but they were offside, right? Yeah. It was the right call. They got it right. And so I thought, like, what if the this may it may sound goofy or look goofy, but what if the blue line was the thickness of the circle that goes around center ice, right? Like, just picture the you know the okay. circle where the team logo is. You know how thin that line yeah. is, right? Yeah. What if that was the blue line? You would have way less. Um, was it over or not over? Because the you're you know it's got to break the front plane, but then it's the back plane, and 
they were offside drags by a minuscule amount. Yeah. And I thought, what if what if they tried it in the preseason? Like just That's try interesting. it. Yeah. And then say, and here's the best part. Say after the preseason, they go, you know what? That sucked. Well, then all they got to do is put the lines on the ice and paint more. They don't, they don't have to take the <laughs> ice up. They don't even have to do anything different. Yeah. And so like I was watching it and go, you know, if they tried it, you, you don't have to make the big flip and just say, okay, we're going to try it for the hundred preseason games we have. Yeah. Let's just see what, what, what we come up with it. There's nothing's going to change except, oh, wait a minute. We didn't have any challenges or, yeah. oh, yeah. we had more challenges. Like find out because it, it's an infuriating, infuriating. It doesn't alter the integrity of the game even a little bit, not even right. a little bit. No, nothing, nothing at all. And I, I hate the goal that gets called back for uh, a review that's yeah. been in the offensive zone for 45 seconds already. Right. Yeah. Like they'll say, oh, they're going to challenge for offside. And you got to, you're like, man, when did they when? enter? <laughs> when was that? <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, I, I just, I just don't, I think that's an easily um, uh, explored rule without Ooh, any major. I'm Any major consequence that. to it. It's a good idea. Look at you. Tell the league it's mine if they like it. If they don't, tell it's them the it's the Ferraro yours. fix. <laughs> if not, tell them it was your idea. <laughs> Perfect. Well, apparently I'm in the doghouse anyway. So yeah, get in. You're in there. Another day or two isn't going to hurt me that much. All right. Thank you, Tim Hortons. Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored holiday menu. Enjoy the classic taste of the holidays anytime with a creamy Bailey's flavored latte. Celebrate the season with the taste of the holidays with Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored holiday menu. Our interviews on Ray and Dregs this year brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series at CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. Time for Ask Ray and Dregs Anything. You can send us your questions on Twitter, Instagram, at Ray and Dregs, or on the website, rayanddregs.com. We'll get a handful. We'll get to a few here, Ray. Uh, Dieter Steiniger has a question about cap compliancy, and we've addressed this historically because it's it's so obvious, but it's worth you know kind of revisiting. Last season, Mark Stone comes off long term injury, right, with the Vegas mm-hmm. Golden Knights in time for the playoffs. Um, you know, as Kelly McCrimmon once referred to Mark Stone, he is the heart and soul heart and soul of the organization, and I think he proved that in the playoffs. Tampa Bay, of course, did this a few years ago with Nikita Kucherov. He skated for several weeks before, you know, finally being activated, and Tampa Bay goes on, wins the Stanley Cup. Now, Dieter says that it creates an unfair playing field for other clubs. How does the NHL rectify? So I I want your opinion on this, but just for full transparency, the NHL is involved in the medical watch of those players right up to the point where they're reactivated off long-term injury, right? So, you know, to go back to Kucherov and the Tampa Bay Lightning, NHL Medical was informed on a daily basis of the progress that he was making. Um, And they can agree or disagree. They can say, no, no, he's been skating for three weeks, either activate him or, you know, we're going to activate and you're going to have to comply. You're going to have to start sitting players. That's how involved the NHL is, and they still would be with Mark Stone. You and I have talked about this. Do you think the idea is creating some sort of cap that also follows each NHL club into the playoffs? Um, 
I th- I think the I, I think the cap is far more complicated than most of us understand, which is why you've got a full time employee or two trying to deal with each day, literally each day of the salary cap. Um, I I don't like that the that the cap has that much of a place in the game. Like I really don't. I wish it didn't, but no, but it does. I'm with you. Uh, so. If the cap's $83 million, how about if the lineup for each particular night has to be $83 million in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And that, that would be the way around the, the look of they're massaging it. Because the league, the league can't make a player go back and play. They can say, hey, I think he's ready to play. And mm-hmm. you've been milking this as long as you can. So... That that really to me is the only way you can um is you can work you know work and level out a, a potential landmine mm-hmm. is that in game one of the playoffs or game eighteen of the playoffs, your cap is whatever the league cap is, eighty three million for your lineup that night. Yeah, carry thirty players, thirty five players, whatever you do whatever want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, do whatever you want. But it it I just it just it feels funny, mm-hmm. you know, when a guy comes back. And now we're what two of the last three years, the Stanley Cup winner has done it, right? Because yeah. it was yeah. it was Tampa yeah. the second time, and and Vegas. And they're not and, cheating. I mean, they're they're working within the rules. And and it's almost like when people get pissed off that Toronto's putting Klingberg on long term injury, and it felt like a pretty predictable thing when he started yes. so lousy. Yeah, and yet if. If you see the the open, um, if you see the loophole being exploited, then it's up to the league to close it. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of the Leafs, Ray Clive Wang is wondering which of the big four will be the first to leave the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I guess we're talking about Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. I don't think sure. I'd lump Morgan Riley into that. No. Um. um I I don't know they've they've got to a point here um what does John what does Tavares have left after this year I think two? another year after this year maybe two yeah well I I'm going to say him because I don't I don't think they would jump up and down to move one of the other three right no due to no trades or how you know what what are you going to get back and how's that going to work i mean it would be a really complicated deal with if it was marner i just think that the solution that's probably most obvious and sometimes most obvious is the one that happens is running out of tabaris's contract yeah so he's 11 million this year as we know and another year uh Eleven million dollars. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make that selection. Okay. Uh, final question: Ask Grand Riggs from James Smith. Good old Jimmy Smith. I haven't heard from Jimmy in a while. Uh, says he loves the podcast. Um, Thank yeah, you, Jimmy. We love you too, Jimmy. Yeah. Curious if either of you, probably more curious about you than me. Let's be mm-hmm. honest here. Curious if <clears throat> either of you have ever been offered front office work. Assistant GM, player development, scout, whatever. And if so, why haven't we taken these roles? You go first. The, nope. Never talked to anybody at any time. Um, maybe close one time, but um, 
to talking about it, not to being offered anything. But I don't know. Nobody, nobody's felt it was a good I, idea. I feel and like the re- there might be a little bit of a, there's a Pinocchio thing happening here. No, I not really. I feel like you've had conversations, nope, perhaps I've, informal, maybe on a golf, in a game. In, in, trip, informal something. for sure. Informal okay, for right. sure. Nobody <laughs> has talked to me about uh, uh, I, I like one time, but nobody has, nobody has uh, talked to me or thought it was a good enough idea or yeah. I don't know pe- enough people to, to get into that discussion. So the reason I haven't taken it is it's tough to take a job that's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair and enough. I, I think, I think not, I think I know I would have loved to have done it. And now I'm not going to take the pay cut. No. <laughs> and more on the management side. Yeah. Uh, coaching. Yeah. Those guys are nuts. They're crazy. <laughs> just, just think your whole existence revolves around the 18 guys in front of you. Remember I told you about the guy yeah. walking back yeah. and forth. That's yeah. why he's like, Hey man, if somebody could you please? <clears throat> yeah. So I'll answer the question. Yeah, I I mean, I, I historically, believe it or not, have had some tire kicking, but more from people that I would know or I would have worked with in television that jump back into, you know, NHL management. And right. if I take this job, would you consider this? And I can't even answer the question honestly by saying what the role is because it's never been defined as to what it would be. I've always said, and it's only happened twice, so I don't want to make it sound like it's this big deal. I've always said, look, for similar reasons, I'm not going to be your media relations director. Like, I'm not doing that uh, for a number of reasons, and finances would probably be right near the top of the list, but I'd have to be encouraged, intrigued from a hockey standpoint to Mm -hmm. ever get to that place and that place is long behind me at this stage of my life. I'm thinking of the cabbage full time. That's what I'm thinking about in the next. <laughs> if you can years. figure out to get, if you can figure out a way to get that office into the cabbage, yeah, and get some Wi-Fi out there, then cool, maybe you got, maybe you can get it done. By the way, a stretch of like minus 17 Celsius, you know, the last several days. Ooh. My neighbor sent me a, a picture of the lake frozen over. Probably not. You can't walk on it or anything yet, but give it a day or two. Well, so. this would be uh, this would be a good time for Holly to go check the stairs out again. At least the bears won't be there. <laughs> well, they better be hibernating. At <laughs> That's what I mean. They're not going right. to be there. <laughs> oh, so I'll I'll send you pictures in the spring. But we had a full renovation. The bear isn't getting to where it got to, and and you know almost uh, attacked Holly because we had a full renovation back there, right? I had excavators come in there. There's rock and stone and gravel. Tell me you were walking around there with a hard hat on. I just picture you like, <laughs> I'm going to move that over there. No, no. We left and I, uh, I had a crew come in. But anyway, that's for another podcast. What's your week looking like? Now, you, you mentioned earlier uh, you, you're you getting on a plane here shortly. Yep. Going to uh, going to Raleigh for uh, Islanders and Carolina. Yeah, and uh, that's what Thursday. That's yeah, it's my only game this week, which is kind of nice. So yeah, and then back home on Friday, and um, weekend is going to be just at home. So really, a good week for me. Nice. Quiet week. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, what do you got? couple of Leaf games uh, tonight, being Tuesday, and again on Thursday. Insider trading both days. A big meeting. Oh, you tomorrow. guys aren't you guys aren't going to talk about 
Nylander and Marner flipping lines, are you? That's oh. not going to be in the open, is it? Oh, I'm sure it will be. Absolutely. It's going to be the whole open. <laughs> Who are the stunt doubles? Who's the other team? Because this is going to be the only thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got that. And then I've got a big high-level meeting with my financial guy, who's Phil Potter. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, Maddie's dad. Uh, Wednesday morning. We're, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're mapping it out. What's the next chapter in, in Darren Dreger's life? That's what we're mapping out. What, what's, his, what's his focus at these days? Uh, I think, well, you know what? He's just coming off the dad's trip last week. So yeah. he's dialed in this week because all the appointments and meetings that he was supposed to have here. last week, they got, they got shoved to this week. And well, curiously, because Wednesday is normally a bit of a, well, it's hump day. It's a bit of a slow day. Yeah. So it might be a day where we'd have like an early afternoon meeting, like a lunch, maybe a beverage because we're not working. But no, no, no. This is like a Wednesday morning meeting. Right? Oh, so it's serious stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I want you, you know. to tell them. I want you to tell them the story because I thought, like, when they asked the Bruins, um, uh, you know, something about their kid, and he said, "Oh, yeah, that Matt is still living off his parents, right? He just moved into his first apartment, but still living off his parents." And so I, I'm reminding you to ask him, yeah. to tell him about when I got my first house. Uh, we moved in and. First phone call I got was from my dad in the house. You know, still phone on the wall. I answer it and I get, uh, you have a collect call from Ed Ferraro. And I'm like, collect call? And I'm like, yeah, I accept the charges. And I'm like, dad, is everything all right? He's like, I've been waiting 20 years to make this call. He just wanted to charge something to me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think it's just so hilarious. We laughed about that. He's, you know, I'd been calling home every day, collect from, everywhere I'd been playing because I didn't have any money. And uh, so he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you back. And he called collect. I loved it. I I mean, I even forgot that you could make collect calls and I'm certainly old enough where I made my share too, but that doesn't even happen anymore. Right. My kids wouldn't even know what it means. No, of course they would. So that's okay. Another homework assignment. Talk to Riley and Reese and say, do you have any idea what a collect phone call is? No chance they know what that is. No, <laughs> they've made a few comments about our age, just about things yeah, we'll yeah. say, and they're like, "Really? You guys did that?" Yes. We're old. Sorry. Yeah, that's what we had. All right, buddy. We'll save travels and have a great week. Yep. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you uh, later on this week. All right. Thank you to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Dregs, our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And Tim Hortonson, as Ray says, thank you for listening, for sharing, for rating, and for also following us on the Ray and Dregs YouTube channel. Until next time, Thursday or Friday, stay safe, everybody.